and welcome to the May edition of the Faith and More Cafe. Please, please come on in and have a seat. Make yourself comfortable. Help yourself to coffee, tea, whatever you would like as we sit and share some moments of this month and this past month since the April Cafe. If you're new to the cafe, infinite thanks and blessings for finding us. It is my deepest hope and sincerest prayer that you find something <laughs> interesting here, if not here, then with the Faith and More podcast, which this show is part of. And if you're returning, infinite thanks, blessings, and love for all of your love, support, and loyalty for the show. So let's begin with the big elephant in the corner of the room with the Tibetan flag on it, or I should say the Tibetan people in exile flag, which is now what it is since, uh, well, not since, well, since, well, <laughs> I guess since the Chinese took over Tibet, um, you know, back in 1959. So, um, yeah, you would think the drama and politics would be over with between the two since, you know, the Chinese government took what it wanted and um, maintains what it wanted, which is the country of Tibet and um, destroying the people and their culture. You know, it's it, it was a mass genocide. Uh, people that are Tibetan there now have either been bred out or um, the few remaining Tibetans must comply to strict um, rules and guidelines and laws. If they don't, then they're killed on the spot. But anyway, His Holiness the Dalai Lama, the 14th Dalai Lama, was, if you all watch the news, which I don't, but I heard about this. I mean, um, you know, between the Chinese uh, government and the cancel culture, they've launched a full-fledged attack on His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama. And if those of you who aren't familiar with the Dalai Lama, go back to last um, season two, episode 10. Why was I thinking that was just last season? Well, see, that goes to show what happens when you do this show for this long and every single Sunday. Um, no, we've never missed a Sunday. And here we are with the book nook in midweek. So, I mean, book nook, there I go. It's like, I'm a mess. The cafe. Um, so anyway, so yes, season two, episode 10, if you don't know who the Dalai Lama is, his only the 14th Dalai Lama, go check that out. But anyway, it's just a bunch of political ignorance and ignorance over the culture, the Tibetan culture that people don't know about. And all they have to do is Google it. But they refuse to do that. They would rather be outraged in, you know, all out of shape in uh, so many accusations of the 87-year-old uh, Dalai Lama. So, uh, you know, what had taken place, and that, this took place back in January, by the way. People make a note of that, which uh, media is not going to let you know that. But in January, His Holiness the Dalai Lama met with the Tibetan uh, people in exile in the community in Dharamsala, India, where... The Indian government has been so amazing to bless them with a place, a town that is theirs for the Tibetan people in exile since His Holiness the Dalai Lama left uh, Tibet and fled to India uh, 
for his life and the life of his people. Um, so anyway, what it was, was they were having a get together and it was a meet and greet with the Dalai Lama. And they, these are all Tibetan people in exile. Okay. So they're all of the Tibetan culture. So a little boy goes up to the Dalai Lama and he loves children because he sees the angelic beingness in children um, that we all too often don't see anymore. You know, when we are born, we are pretty much angelic, clean slates. We've talked about that here on the show. I don't know how many times and we always will. But, um, you know, these beings are so close to holiness and the Dalai Lama sees this in the hearts of these children. So, and he's just a big kid himself. Um, you know, he was recognized um, at a very early age, at the age of four, as uh, the 14th, the incarnation of the 14th Dalai Lama. So he has been um, a Dalai Lama since then. Um, his family gave him to the monastery and he went to Lhasa, which was the capital city of Tibet at that time and stayed there in the palace in Lhasa and was trained by the greatest of teachers, um, you know, until he had to leave in exile. And he's still, his training continues today. Still, he always is learning from other teachers and other people. So anyway, he's with these people and this little child, I believe he was eight years old. This little boy comes up and they're just goofing back and forth and Dalai Lama's cutting up with him. And, um, you know, so many things are lost in translation because there's so many allegations as to what people believe the Dalai Lama did and said and actually what he did and said. Um, even Also, even the video has been altered and cut and edited and spliced uh, to make it look like something that it w was not, literally was not. And I'm not, I'm not here defending the Dalai Lama because he... He needs no defense from someone like me. You know, I'm just stating from the facts. And that's something that seems to get lost and thrown by the wayside these days. And that's quite unfortunate. When someone tastes blood and they want to go after somebody in a giant government, uh, communist government, like the Chinese government pays people to do it, they'll do it. Especially cancel culture. They love to do. They love to hate. And they love to destroy. And that's exactly what they had set their uh, minds to do uh, on the Dalai Lama. So anyways, with this eight-year-old boy, they're playing back and forth. And, um, you know, Dalai Lama, he, he you know, kisses the little boy. And some people say it was on the lips. And, you know, and it, was, of course, they're now, can, you know, alleging that he's a pedophile. And then um, he sticks his tongue out at the little boy. And the little boy sticks his tongue out back. And now people are trying to say that in translation, uh, it said that the Dalai Lama told the boy to suck his tongue. And that's not at all the truth. What it is, is and this is culture. Again, all you have to do is Google this and you can find this out. But people would rather just go ahead and attack and destroy. And people don't fact check anything. They just are ready to up and believe anything negative, especially when it comes to religious leaders or religions uh, these days, because so many people, you know, do not have faith or religion at all. So the sticking out of one's tongue is a sign of respect or agreement, as was often used as a greeting in traditional 
Tibetan culture. According to Tibetan folklore, a cruel 9th century Tibetan king had a black tongue. So people stick out their tongues to show that they are not like him and aren't his reincarnation. So the Dalai Lama sticking his tongue out at the boy and the boy sticking his tongue out back is twofold. The Dalai Lama reminding this young boy of his Tibetan culture from a country that this little boy has never seen and or experienced and probably never will because the Chinese government will never let go of the Tibetan country, which has always been independent and belonged to Tibet. Matter of fact, uh, Mongolia was part of Tibet at one time as well, but they you know, agreed peacefully and understandably to separate and let them go their own way. Contrary, the Chinese have done the other thing. Uh, but anyway, um, so that's what it was, was it was a twofold thing. The Dalai Lama and this kid were cutting up. They were having a good time. Stick your tongue out. People do that all. We used to do that all the time, but now you can't do that because that's a that's a no no. You know, you can it can be considered and, and is considered to be so many negative things other than being silly. You know, as it was back in in my day when I was a kid. Uh, so it was that, and it was also the Dalai Lama connecting with this child to remind or sh and or show this child of his culture that he is from, trying, trying to keep that culture alive. So again, this incident happened in January. Why wasn't something done in January? Said If it was such um, a conspiracy, if it was such a, you know, just whatever, such a negative and pedophile thing, why did it take until March? Or literally, no, it wasn't March, it was April, for something to happen, for something to come out. Well, in March, His Holiness the Dalai Lama uh, recognized an American-born Mongolian boy as the 10th Kaliya Jetson Dampa. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Tibetan Buddhism, they have a, a succession of reincarnation, you know. The Dalai Lama is the 14th. He's the 14th reincarnation or incarnation of the Dalai Lama. And this young boy was recognized as the 10th incarnation of the Kalasha Jetson Dampa. What is that? That is a, that person is the third person in charge of the Tibetan people and Tibetan religion. You might as well say the Dalai Lama is no longer in charge of the Tibetan people. He's relinquished that title uh, or that claim. And uh, the, you know, they have a parliament. Their government has a parliament and it's, it, it's democracy. So the Dalai Lama nor any of his um, successors will have any political power. It's all just religious. You would say like a Pope. Okay. And then, the second in charge of the Dalai, you know, under the Dalai Lama is the 17th Karmapa. And the third in charge or, you know, successor is this young boy who was recognized. So that is what that was about. So in March, the Dalai Lama recognizes his child as the third in charge of the Tibetan Buddhist 
religion, which upset and infuriated the Chinese government because they've already got plans to change and take over things when the Dalai Lama passes. In fact, they've already chosen their own 17th Karmapa. So there are two 17th Karmapas right now. One was declared by His Holiness the Dalai Lama as a legitimate 17th Karmapa, and he was chosen first, and then the Chinese government chose their own 17th Karmapa. So when His Holiness passes, they will be injecting this 17th Karmapa into their, should they, their 17th Karmapa into the Tibetan community or what's left of it because they have already decided they're going, the Chinese government that is, has already decided to abolish the Dalai Lamas and that there will be no more Dalai Lamas ever again. So anyway, this is all just part and parcel of the times that we live in. Um, you know, it's nothing to get upset or angry about, even though it does upset and anger. Uh, but don't let it do that to you. Just do your fact checking and then just rest and know that eventually this stuff is going to work out. All religions have their end of days or revelation or end of times uh, predictions. And we'll be doing a show or shows on that in the not so distant future because it's not. Again, that's another one of those things that it's not what you have been taught that it is, and it doesn't mean what you've been taught that it means. Um, you know, things will be changing, but it means things are going to be changing for the better, that you know, things will become so bad that there will be a huge shift and change. And again, like I said, we'll do more. We'll have some shows on that in the future or not so distant future. So again, do your level best when things like this happen. And I'm sure those of you who watch the news, and I stopped watching a long time ago because it's, it is most of the time it's not the factual news. It's, and then when it is, it's all negative just about with a few happy stories, you know, strategically placed here and there. And it's, it's just not good for you mentally or emotionally. I mean, keeping an eye on what's going on locally is, you know, yeah, that's a good thing to do. And, you know, the weather, you know, things. But with the Internet now, and we all have smartphones, it's easy enough just for us to find that on our own. Let you be the reporter. Let you be the weather person. Figure it out, you know, on your own. And don't rely on people to tell you. And then rely on what they're saying as fact when nine times, or I should say 9.9 .9 times out of 10, it's not. And, but we still believe that it is, and that's where we go wrong. So, you know, it's up to us to discern and, and decide what is true and what's not true. And, you know, I think I hope that through shows that we've done and will continue to do that, you know, it helps you all with, with doing this, with discerning and, and not running on autopilot or not allowing um, the world system to dictate your life and, and helping you to take control of your life and to realize truly what your life is and what the creator meant for your life to be and how you can do that. So next is prayers. Um, you know, the, and I've said this before, and I'm sure this is not going to be the last time since it's not the first time. The prayer request list and updates that are at the end of every show, um, 
regular show it just get longer and longer and longer. And for the life of me, I don't understand why some people find it unnerving. Um, and I've said this before, and again, I probably will continue to say this, is that, um, yeah, it's unnerving. It's unnerving to me as well that there's this many people suffering, you know, and, um, you know, but, but what can we do about that? How about not skipping over their prayer requests and updates? How about praying for these people? You know, um, one of the people, which I'm not going to say their name, but one of the people who recently asked to be added to the prayer list who we've been praying for, you know, reported that they feel the prayers that we are offering them. And, you know, that's awesome. That is incredible feedback to get that, you know, who cares what you think of the show? If our prayers are helping people, that is the ultimate right there. That is the ultimate. Yes, I, I love that the shows help you all. But the, if the prayers that we all are doing together for the people on the prayer list and updates, if they're feeling that and it's helping them, then that is just amazing. That proves that proves that healing energy and prayer that's focused by, you know, not just one, but many people towards one person can be can actually happen. And I mean, I, I don't need proof. I've, I've felt it myself. And I've, I've given my testimony before and, and won't bore you all with the details on that again. But, um, you know, I, I can testify to it. Yes, it is. It is real. The power of prayer is very real. You can call it prayer. You can call it energy. You can call it healing. You can call it divine. You can call it whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter what you label it. It, it does what it does. And it is what it is. So, of course, I'm by no means apologizing for the length of the prayer requests and updates. Um, and I know a lot of you have um, remarked on it lately, and, and not in a negative way, just like, wow, you know, each week the list gets longer and longer. And yes, yes, it does. And, you know, but that's good. It's good that, you know, that's what I, I want people to feel comfortable with us as a family, you know, the Faith and More podcast family. I want people to feel comfortable in trusting us with praying for them. And that's that's a big thing for a lot of people is a lot of people just won't ask for prayers because they either have very low self-esteem and don't feel that they, you know, are deserving of it, which is, you know, I used to be the same way. So I, I can't fault anybody for it. It's just, you know, how we're, how we're, you know, cultured in, you know, our conditioning. Um, but if you are one of those people, please put that aside. You are more than worth it. Please do not hesitate to reach out to me. My contact information is always at the end of every show. Don't hesitate to contact me and ask for prayers. I mean, that's one of the big reasons why we're here. And as I've just said, I've received feedback that yes, you know, one of the people that we've been praying for has felt the energy. They've felt the prayers from us. And that's just off the charts. That is just, like I said, the greatest feedback you'd, you'd ever want to get. And, you know, we are all deserving and we are all worth it. We are all part of the creator. We are all children of the creator. We are all one in 
all and all in one. And that's the thing is when you ask someone to invite someone, I should say, to pray for you, it is allowing that connection between your fellow brothers and sisters um, to join in with you. Since we all are connected through the divine, through the creator, through the universe, again, whatever you want to label that, which has no labels. And I know I'm rambling here and I'll stop in just a second, but um, you know, it's just an amazing thing when you, and it's such a blessing for someone to request you to pray for them or to ask you to pray for them. You know, that's one thing we don't really understand. A lot of people don't understand. It's like, Oh, well, so-and-so needs prayers. Okay. I'm going to pray for them. It's no stop for a moment. Give gratitude thanking that person for allowing you that precious opportunity to and blessing to pray for them. It, it's just, you know, it's off the charts and it's something that so many of us don't truly understand. And yeah, we should probably have a show on that and we'll do that. We'll do that sometime in the future. Next is music and meditation, all the same thing here. Um, I've recently found two amazing sources. The first one is called, it's an album called Sounds of Sirius, S-I-R-I-U-S by Buddha Code. And it is some beautiful, relaxing instrumental music with some kind of, uh, you know, some of the songs here and there have some um, humming or chanting or something like that in it. But it's so subtle. It's so nice and relaxing and meditative. Um, and you can find them on any, any place where you find your music that you listen to, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes or YouTube or whatever. And this second album is called 528 Hertz Release Endorphins by Spiritual Frequencies. And as we talked about last season, we had a few shows where we talked about the frequencies of the mind and how that works and how frequencies, how our mind is on frequencies and how frequencies affect our mind um, and our heart. And 528 hertz is a really good um, tone that is inlaid in this music. It's like a, a hum, you know, this certain frequency is just a hum. And it's got gentle, relaxing instrumental music with that hum and it's not an annoying hum it's actually very relaxing it releases the endorphins which makes you feel good makes you happy and it's awesome you know these things are awesome that we have these days and you know i've talked about um stephen halpern who was really a pioneer on this back in the 70s um and i've talked about him so many times he's just beyond an amazing person, one of my favorites that makes music like this. Uh, but yeah, it's just amazing with today's technology, how these types of music slash meditative or meditative music um, are made these days that just really, really help people. And, and that is just, and animals too. It's great to play for your pets. It helps to relax and make them happy as well. Next is books. Um, I highly recommend, or beyond highly recommend, a book called Attaining the Worlds Beyond by Rabbi Michael Laitman, L-A-I-T-M-A-N, and I will have a link to that in the 
um, description of this cafe, but it is just wow. This talk about taking your heart and mind to a level that you would have never ever conceived in this lifetime or any lifetime. This book in and of itself will do it. It's very, very deep, very scientific, but understandable. Um, yes, it's it's a, a Kabbalah book, in, um, or I should say Kabbalah-based book. So don't let that sway you. I know we've had some really good shows here lately, um, you know, with Kabbalah-related or, you know, you know, topics that are Kabbalah influenced or Kabbalah related. And um, this book is actually available on audiobook, which is how the format that I have it in. And I've been listening to it and picking at it and re-listening to sections because it is. It's it's one of those that I would highly recommend getting the audio uh, book because that way you can um, easily listen to it no matter where you are, no matter where you go. And you can easily go back to it. You don't have to actually have a solid book with you or those of you who do the digital books, you don't have to pull it up and, and read. You can actually listen to it. And to me, it's I have find I have more time to listen than I do to actually sit and read, especially at this time right now, which I'll get into in my me updates here in just a moment. But again, Attaining the Worlds Beyond by Rabbi Michael Leitman, L-A-I-T-M-A-N. I cannot recommend this book enough, folks. It really is a life and game changer. So personally, what's going on? Well, um, my family and I just recently moved. Um, as I'm recording this, we just finished. Um, and so we've actually been, as of the recording of this, so it's Saturday as I'm recording this, it's been one week since we've moved. And whew, those of you know, who've moved before, especially after being in a certain place for over 20 years, there is so much stuff and there's so much to do and there's so much unpacking. So we're in the unpacking phase now and our new place is just down the road from our old place. And it's actually just the exact same layout of the apartment we had, only that it's been renovated and it is very beautiful. Um, it is very nice. It's in a, a very much more peaceful area or location, I should say. And my family and I are elated, you know, even through all of the moving and all of the packing and all the sore muscles and tiredness. And you all know about that. So, so that's what I've been up to. So, you know, I have taken a hiatus from seminary. Um, you know, I did that, started that last month just so I could start packing things up on my only uh, two days off um, each week to do that. And um, so, yeah, that in studying this, attaining the worlds beyond, uh, it's just, and I'm still, still studying it. This one I'll probably be on for at least another month or month and a half because of the, um, the richness and depth of this um text and the, the knowledge and wisdom that's in this. It really is a, a game changer, like I said. And it's really cool because at the beginning of the book, they talk about how uh, Rabbi Michael Leitman says, you know, he doesn't want you to just read and study this book. He more so wants you to feel 
Um, and we've talked about that in how many shows, you know, especially last season about moving from our head to our heart, from our mind to our heart. And, you know, that's what he's talking about, you know, before he, you know, the preface at the beginning of the book is like, you know, don't just sit down and study this book, sit down and feel this book. Don't sit down and try to wrap your mind around what you're learning and what you're hearing, what you're reading more so feel, feel what, and that's the big thing. Uh, one of the big things of Kabbalah is, is, is feeling it and not trying to wrap your mind around it. And it's amazing when you make that shift, how much more you get, how much more wisdom you actually get. I mean, I know it sounds strange that, you know, well, I need to intellectually understand this uh, before I can, um, you know, put it into practice. And it's not that way. It, it really is through the heart. You know, it's like when your computer needs an update, does it analyze the information that, you know, goes into it? You say, okay, this information is safe or the, you know, your main um, program for your computer tells it that it's safe. So it downloads it and it instantly incorporates it. So how can we, you know, see that for us. It's the same way. It's we download this information through our heart, and and that's how it just it automatically installs and starts to run in our programming. And it's it's just really it's really amazing. And yeah, we'll definitely have shows on that. If not, maybe in the next uh, cafe, I'll talk about this some more about you know this information as far as feeling instead of intellectually trying to wrap your mind around things. So my dear brothers and sisters, that is it for this cafe. I do apologize for the shortness of it, but I have much more packing. I should say <laughs> packing, unpacking to do. And oh, wait a minute. I know somebody asked, and I almost forgot about when we will be having the uh, Faith and More episode that is going to be video and audio. And thank you to that person for, rem rem <laughs> easy for me to say, for remembering and for reminding me. And I wanted to make sure that I'm moved in and fairly unpacked enough uh, to record this video of uh, a Faith and More podcast and that will be coming within the next couple weeks. So that's a little uh, secret time for you guys that are listening that others wouldn't know is that in a couple weeks, we're going to be having an episode where it's going to be video and audio. So if you want to listen to the audio like you always do, you'll have that option. But if you want to actually watch me, <laughs> which I don't know why you would want to do that. But for those of you who want to, it will be available on our YouTube channel. And information on that is forthcoming. It's at the end of every show as well. And I highly recommend going to the YouTube channel. I haven't had an opportunity to put much on it here lately, but there's a lot of great stuff on it already that is so good. Some fun stuff, you know, some interesting things. And it's just really good. It's a, it's a great way to um, just get some some good vegan meat and potatoes um, that isn't clouded with garbage and, you know, corporate America or corporate world and in media and all that government and stuff. So check it out.
Okay, so on that note, I will pause here. You all are more than welcome to hang out in the cafe as long as you want. And please stay tuned for more shows. And again, infinite thanks, blessings, and love to all of you for listening and for your support and your love. It means everything to me, folks. It really does. And you all are why this show is here and continues to be here. So you all, please take care of yourselves, each other. Know that you all are loved and that you all are in my heart and prayers. I so hope and pray that you've enjoyed the show and that you found everything that you're searching for here and more with us. Please feel free to stop by anytime, all the time. You are family. If this show has helped you, please, please, please share it with as many people as possible. Also, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever format you listen to. That helps move the show up in those formats so when someone does a general search, they're more likely to find the show. And if the show has really helped you and you have the means, please consider making an offering. Offerings are a great way to help sustain and improve the show, as well as the Faith and More ministry. Offerings can be made through the Cash App. The show's cash tag is dollar sign faith and more, or you can find us at cash.app forward slash dollar sign faith and more. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. It's a fun place, folks. You can watch videos of weekly Ask Angel questions where people write me and ask me questions and I respond uh, on YouTube. You can also watch me do bi-weekly sermons and homilies. Also, audio of our shows are uploaded to YouTube where you can listen and much, much more. Just go to youtube.com forward slash at faith and more podcast. Next is prayers. I love to pray and our faith and more family love to pray. So let us pray for you. There are two ways to do this. The first is to email me directly at faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. The second way is through our website. There is a form at the bottom of the website and the website address is faithandmorepodcast.wixsite.com forward slash my dash site. And there are always links to all of these in the show notes for and description for each show. So until next time, have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in my heart and in my prayers. Bless you. <music>